0: You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, good evening, everybody. Uh, obviously, rolling into May here now. I uh, hope everybody enjoyed the episode uh, with John Costco from PFF. Uh, you know, obviously, John was able to give us the way these players were you know, viewed. Uh, you got some tidbits where you know, Greedy Williams was the ninth overall player rated in the 2019 NFL draft. Obviously, Taki Taki showed a little bit better in their system than where a lot of the analysts had him. He was able to, you know, continue our thought process on these linemen and, you know, how they will, you know, work uh, with Campman. You know, you want to give him good clay to work with. If you want him to mold somebody, get him the right guys. So, you know, John was able to, uh, you know, shed a bunch of stuff on that for us. And obviously, you know, uh, we talked about, uh, you know, Hall obviously had a pit as the UDFA running back, a guy who, you know, could have a you know, a pretty decent NFL career, you know, but running backs it always is tough. You know, you got to right, find the right situation. So we'll see how it works out for him. But we obviously, you know, we uh, we covered the AFC North. Obviously, with six games against the AFC North this year. We covered the AFC East with four games against them this year. Uh, we're going to get into the NFC West this year uh, with Pete Smith. Um, and and you know, some of these teams really – like, well, I guess we'll start with the Arizona Cardinals, uh, you, know, uh, you know, right from the top. Obviously, Kyler Murray's brought in. Uh, Pete, I think they did a, a great job of just letting the board come to them. And this is kind of what we talked about with some of these teams. And maybe this is what we talk, kind of talked about with Oakland when we did our mock is just let it fall to you. You're not going to get everything in one year. So just start, you know, stacking chips. And I think Arizona Arizona did a good job with that, Pete, but obviously first one off the board, um, you know, changing the franchise one year after changing the franchise with another new head coach, another new quarterback. I mean, we have obviously gotten into this somewhat, guys, but, you know, we'll go a little bit here. Um, Kyler Murray, you know, it's it's going to be fascinating. It, 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 there's going to be times where it's bad. Um, you know, as Pete had mentioned previously, they probably are a dark horse for a favorite Madden team. But, uh, you know, obviously, Pete, Kyler Murray, a uh, new face to the franchise, obviously, you know, tight with Baker. Obviously, you know, Kingsbury and him go back a long way, and the two of them. This is one thing where we talked about this a lot, where, you know, everybody would Lincoln Riley, come coach the Browns. Would link. Sometimes it's tough when two guys who know each other and care about each other and like each other are trying to go hand-in-hand hand as you go into the NFL because if it doesn't go good, it's going to be somebody's neck on the line, and then there's going to be a severing of a relationship, Pete.
1: Weirdly enough, uh, Steve kind of fell in the trap of, you know, saying that Kyler Murray is going to be the Week One starter. Um, not 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 well, saying the right thing, which would be we're going to do what's best for Kyler Murray. We're going to put him in the best position to succeed. No, we're going to put him out there, and then if he's not ready and they don't, then now it looks like something's wrong, as opposed to doing doing the right thing. Um, the whole litmus te- litmus test for me with Kyler Murray is what how does he react to interior pressure what's going to happen when you know the the pockets muddied up you know how how well can he make a throw in there or if he's not going to make that throw and he's going to escape you know how's that work going to work practically speaking um you know the uh, this cliff kingsbury's job is entirely riding on this kid um you've you know made yourself into or or, or have, a, have people have sort of built you up to be this um quarterback guy uh quarterback guru um just you know in sm- no small part because you didn't win shit in college so that's the one thing you can sort of point to is well he had these quarterbacks and they're pretty good so you know i i'm fascinated uh you know if 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 I have access to NFL Network by then, if they've sorted out their differences, I, I will would love to watch him play in preseason to see, you know, what it looks like, what they want to do with him offensively, you know, how much are they going to try to protect him the way Oklahoma did, and you know the various weapons they brought in because uh, on its face it could be a lot of fun, but there are certainly some serious pitfalls that they could fall into.
0: Uh, yeah, there's it's there's a lot to it, and you know the thing is is you don't want him to have a really disastrous rookie year because then there's going to be people in his camp. Well, you know the A's and you know, but you got to find a way. But you know there's going to be weeks where it's bad for Kyler Murray. There's going to be weeks where they're probably going to lose, and maybe he's going to put up a ton of production, which you know hopefully is what you're going to get through year one to where he can probably put the offensive line. And that's the thing here. You know, everybody. Oh, well, they didn't draft much offensive line. I'm not sure if Cliff Kingsbury knows what he needs in an offensive line at the NFL level for his system. That might not be the part they have figured out yet. These um, skill guys, yeah, we want guys who can get deep. We, you know, uh, I'll take a six foot six wide receiver. We'll get to here in a, in a minute. But that, those are going to be some of the things, like the the skill portion of it. And, you know, that's the part he can but what he's going to need to figure out is what do I need in an offensive lineman to make my system work at this level? And that's going to be the toughest part for Cliff Kingsbury. And, uh, Pete, don't worry about it. Uh, I've got a killer, killer stream I can hook you up to um, as long as you don't uh, – and it's perfect. It's crystal clear. Uh, the dude may be stoned half the time or drunk, but the best part is when he's drunk and he passes out, nothing moves. So you get a clear, clear picture, Pete. So we'll lead you to that if you need it always so nice in a pinch so uh obviously you know there was your uh your first selection obviously you know kyler murray and this is where i'm going to get to it and i think the cardinals just kind of let everything fall to them and said okay okay and you saw a lot of this as you were watching the draft a lot of it was you saw the list of so-and-so's best available players the cardinals are up and most of the time who went off the board the best player available on, you know, whatever expert, whatever channel you watch it on. Byron Murphy, uh, they're at 33. Um, The only thing, Pete, was, you know, maybe the long speed it was a little bit of a question. We didn't have any doubts about the player. There were some guys we liked better, maybe for size reasons, you know, and obviously the guy you were going to pair with Denzel Ward. But Byron Murphy, it, it perfectly... Nothing wrong with that selection at 33, so um, look, Patrick Peterson, whether or not he's going to be there for another few years, who knows? I mean, you're going to be in an odd spot with him where maybe, you know, he's going to start wasting the the prime of his careers on on a losing team. Eventually, those guys do get a little disheartened and, and want to move on, so it'll be interesting how that does play out, but you added a nice player here in Byron Murphy at 33.
1: Right, so, you know, the the Arizona Cardinals are obviously in a different situation than the team like the Browns. Uh, you know, they are trying to take anyone that can be good and then they'll figure out a spot later. So, you know, if you're getting into the debate of, you know, is he a boundary corner or is he a slot corner? If you're the Cardinals, you don't care as long as he's good at one of them. Meanwhile, your team like the Browns, if you take him you need him to be a boundary corner to work because all they have, you know, outside of Denzel Ward is a bunch of guys who probably are better suited to play in the slot. So if that's all he does, you can see where it's a disappointment. Um, I'm sure he will get every opportunity to prove himself as a boundary corner initially, especially if they do move on from Patrick Peterson. But, there, you know, his rookies might be precisely in the slot because it could give them a really nice... Uh, personnel group you've Peterson and potentially uh you know uh Robert Alford on the outside you then have him on the inside that's a pretty good starting group if you trade Patrick Peterson you still got Alford to play one boundary and he could potentially be in the mix for the other boundary so when you're bad it, you know just find good players you know you'll, they'll find a spot on your team uh so you know I I, I think he's a good player I think uh, this you know, obviously the four five five is why he made it to the second round. Uh, you know that's just that's a deal breaker for a lot of teams that early. But I do think he could be a very nice boundary player, and it really just depends on what type of defense the Cardinals want to run. But even if you don't like his long speed, his feet, his agility, and sort of how efficient he is in his movements should make up a lot of ground uh, that maybe his long speed would, would suggest he can't.
0: Well yeah that's the thing I mean what you're going to what you're going to lose with him in long speed you're gaining a guy who has zero issues, you know, breaking on the ball. And, look, that's what you're going to ask. And and he's fantastic in that regard. And that's what had him regarded as such a, you know, the high selection that he was. So, and even still, he's going to get to be with Patrick Peterson. We'll, you know, we'll see for how long. But you get to learn from a veteran. And that gives you at least a skill group where it's not too bad between Peterson, Alford, and Murphy, if that ends up being the three they run out in a week one with. Uh, Then Pete, and this is one, Pete, uh, here's one where you could have taken Vegas to the cleaners. Andy Isabella was drafted before DK Metcalf. Um, first thing first, we loved Andy, loved the player. I think this is a fantastic fit because there'll be a lot of Kyler moving around the pocket, and you know, obviously breaking protection. And Andy's just got that extra gear where you know he can. Take it to whatever you know part of the field he needs to. It's, it's, this is a nice matchup here. I, I I like this one. I like it for you. Know, I like it for Isabella. I like it for Murray. I like it for Kingsbury.
1: Right. So you know the first thing you you think when you see Andy Isabella on the Cardinals is he, he's going to replace you know he's going to be to you know uh, this kid in the Kyler Murray in the NFL what Marquise Brown was for him in college. The other thing is by by saying that. You are comforted in, in knowing that the Cardinals are not, or shouldn't, anyway. I, w- I would assume. I'm going to assume this. They are not just saying Andy Isabel is a slot player, which is to me a misvaluation of what he can bring. He is a matchup nightmare against long, you know, slow-footed corners. You know, he's he's been working on how to be press and all those things endlessly. Like he's a problem, and you know, he he has that resume that he can be everything that Marquise Brown was for him at, at Oklahoma, he's a little bit thicker. Uh, he's got more of a, an evidence-based track record. Uh, and, you know, he may have shorter arms. I know that was a big deal to Greg Gabriel, for example, but he knows how to get open. And all you gotta do is get the ball, you know, in that tiny little frame, however T-Rex arms his, he may have, he's going to catch it and he's going to score. Uh, and, for Kyler Murray, that's what makes this a really dynamic, fun-looking offense that can uh, do so many different things is you get this guy. I think whatever is left of Larry Fitzgerald is going to be the slot guy, and yep. it sort of allows you to do a lot of different things offensively. But, yeah, you mentioned a good good point is, is that he if he scrambles around, Andy Isabel is a guy who's going to – you, you, you don't want to have to cover that guy for longer than the six, four to six seconds of play last anyway. Now imagine, you know, he gets lost behind you as Kyler Murray's running around. That's a that's a really bad situation for, for a defender.
0: It's almost going to look like he stepped, you know, like he was standing behind the end zone and just stepped into the end zone and everyone's like, wow, dang, the little guy. Didn't even see him coming. Uh, round three, uh, Zach Allen. This is a guy... We talked about Pete. You know, there's guys you just want on your team. And this was this is Zach Allen. Um, you know, and, and and look, the Cardinals are going to be over the next, you know, a couple of years reshaping a defensive line, and Zach Allen. This is it's nice because he's a movable piece, and he can give you an effort. And we this is one of the reasons we loved him, and we would have liked him in Cleveland, is the fact that he can do a little bit of everything. So if you were in the process of building a D line and you're not exactly sure how everything is going to fall and what's going to be at your disposal, you have a guy in Zach Allen who can do more than one thing.
1: Right, and if you are going to stay in a three front uh, as the Arizona Cardinals, Zach Allen's a great fit for that. Um, uh, you know, fantastic edge player as a run defender. Uh, you know, he's a guy who doesn't get reached. He's a guy who plays with a ton of motor. His production at Boston College, his hand use, his you know, his understanding of how to read things. Those are all really good uh, options for him. Uh, you know, and and he could end up playing, you know, opposite. Of you know Chandler Jones in that system, or in tandem with him, uh, you know as a defensive tackle sliding inside as a rush guy. I think that's ultimately what's going to happen. He's going to do a little bit of everything, but you're looking at the Arizona Cardinals who have Chandler Jones, they have Rodney Gunter, who I thought the Browns would go get and didn't. Uh, you know you've got Corey Peters, who's a solid at least nose tackle. You've obviously got whatever's left of Terrell Suggs, and now you add in Zach Allen. Uh, you've got, you know, whatever you're going to try to get out of Robert Kondichi, you've just got a lot of bodies that can do things. Darius Phylon. Uh, so obviously, uh, you know, I, I love the pick for them. I, I think at worst, you're going to get a solid player. Uh, at best, he could be a really, really good player. Uh, I think there's more upside than a lot of people did. I'm, you know, I think he has the potential to be a steal uh, for that team and, and it gives them just so much in a division that uh, needs guys who can do a little bit of everything.
0: And look, I mean, he gets to go to work and he gets to pick the brain. Uh, and this is where you're going to have kind of like some of the old and some of the new with the Cardinals. You're going to have Larry Fitzgerald, who's going to be able to work with these young receivers. You have Patrick Peterson, who's going to be able to work with Byron Murphy. You have Suggs. You have Jones, who Zach Allen can bounce any question off of. So obviously, so that's there's four picks through three rounds for the Cardinals. And you just literally just acquiring assets and chips of, of guys that can be part of what this future will be uh you know obviously you know Hakeem, Pit, Hakeem Butler first pick of the f- uh, fourth round this may be one of the better fits because where you like Hakeem Butler this fits I, I think this is a good fit for him because you know down the field where he can use all six foot six 200 and I mean 220 maybe you know Maybe he's a game day 220 or not, but this is where it's a good fit for him. And Kyler, and, and one thing with Kyler is, you know, everybody wants to, you know, knock the size, whatever. He will hit, and this is where Isabella isn't an issue, and Butler, even with his drops, is it's going to be on your numbers. Just make the play.
1: Yeah, they have an offense that's basically, duck, you know, chuck and duck. Right oh, absolutely.
0: Now. And then one, um, every now and then a draw to David Johnson.
1: So, like, that's, that's the X factor, really, is, is what does. What does Cliff Kingsbury get out of David Johnson? Because, you know, you put all these pieces together, there's the potential for a really explosive offense. So, obviously, Keith Butler is a threat down the field, a lot like Andy Isabel. You've also got Christian Kirk there. You've got Chad Williams as a speed guy. You've got Kevin White you're taking a, you know, a swing on. You know, you've got... Larry Fitzgerald, which I'm assuming you're going to try to spin into while well, he's the veteran hard worker, all these other things. Obviously, you know, he's got he's going to finish up a Hall of Fame career in one jersey, which is always special. Uh, they've just got all these pieces parts. I mean, it, it, it is how many times are we potentially going to see a situation where, you know, Kyler Murray, you know, runs around in the backfield, eventually chucks it up to a guy. And, you know, he may have a several interceptions on this, but, you know, the handful of big-time plays are going to have people excited and wanting to watch and, and, and go with more. But this seems like an, a, a – you mentioned a fantastic fit for Butler. You know, fourth-round pick. Uh, you know, you, you get a lot of patience with developing his flaws. You know, obviously there are people that thought he was a first-round receiver. Some people thought he was the best receiver
0: in the entire class. Matt Walden trust him he's allowed he's allowed to lay that take out there
1: yeah that's that's fine um but now you've you've got a situation where he can sort of develop like if he's a first round pick and he has these issues and he's dropping these balls or whatever you know that's where patience can get very thin very quickly from a fan base whereas it's a fourth round pick like you're gonna celebrate the shit out of the highlights and you're gonna sort of be able to you know, t- to a point at least initially, you know, dismiss some of the mistakes and go. Well, he's a fourth-round pick. Look what he can do. So I think it's an interesting fit. Uh, I-, I think it's a very you know exciting setup they have there, and I'm just sort of curious to see how this all gets put together.
0: Oh yeah, and it's you know, and and because now you're, I mean, you're essentially, and we'll get to it here. Obviously, you know, because then they went. Uh, obviously, they went. Um, Deontay Thompson, and then uh, Keyshawn Johnson out of Fresno State. So you bring in, you know, Fitzgerald, Kirk. I mean, y- you have five receivers already. Not to mention, obviously, the other guys that are, you know, there. Obviously, the depth or whatever. But uh, you know, so Pete, there was Deontay Thompson, and this was one here. Look, I mean, it, there was a time where Deontay Thompson was a top twenty pick in this draft. Um, the play in 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 the 18th season. It was, it was slipping. It was lacking. You literally have nothing on this kid workout numbers. But you're the Cardinals. Um, you don't, you know, if it works out for you, it's great. If it's not, you just go back next year and you find yourself another safety. Uh, Johnson here, you know, you bring him in. and It's just keep going. Keep adding everything.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's one of those things. So, if you want to say, "Insert safety name" is the a top twenty pick in next year's Alabama class, you're going to get some traction with it. I mean, it's just how it goes. Nothing with Deontay Thompson ever suggested that was based in reality. He was never as good as Micah Fitzpatrick. He was never as good as the kid Jacksonville got in the second round. Uh, but, he would
0: never go to Clinton Dex or yeah, I mean, obviously Landon Collins. He he was no exactly. He was none of them.
1: But I mean, in Alabama gets just to a certain extent with a lot of guys, but certainly safeties because first and foremost, uh, Nick Saban's corners don't do shit in that defense. They're very limited. Safeties a lot is put on their plate, so they tend to get very hyped up. But it, it just wasn't there. Now we'll see what happens with him. Uh, I you know I don't think there's a lot of chance for success with this. But in the fifth round, you can certainly defend it. You can certainly say, well, he was hurt and. You know, we believe he he brings this, that, and the other. He is a true free safety. He does have that. He does have some versatility to do some other things. Uh, but, again, if you are planning, you know, Cliff Kingsbury's at least flirted with the idea of five receiver sets. Now, I'm hoping one of those is, is uh, David Johnson. Please. But, <laughs> you know, the, if, if you're planning on having this high-flying offensive attack, good, bad, or ugly, I mean, they're going to lose a lot of games. Uh, chances are you're going to need some guys that can play on the back end of that defense. And, I, you know, again, I don't think he's likely to be a star in this league by anything, any stretch, but he, he is an interesting addition to that mix with Buda Baker and, you know, DJ Schwinger, which is not a guy I think much of, but a lot of people seem to think he's better than I do. So you get another guy who can sort of add into that, and, and you know, perfect world if he does every – you know, he hits – outperforms and he hits his ceiling and all that. You know, a a free safety of Deontay Thompson, a strong, safe Buda Baker makes for a very interesting safety with the other things they've added.
0: Uh, And look, I mean, if he pans out, he pans out. But this is the thing. Take your swings and your misses. Look, I mean, when you have a deep class and you're a poor team, uh, you're not going to count on everybody hitting. If it does, it's a miracle. It's a lottery ticket. But, uh, you know, go with the pedigree here, and and that's the chance they're going to take. I hope the kid finds some health here. Uh, Pete, as they close that out, um, for me, Lamont Gilliard, uh, this guy could be starting probably by October. He could be their long-term center. He, I thought he was a really good player. I thought he was somebody the Jets should probably have entertained because the Jets needed help, obviously, at the center position. Obviously, the Browns are fine, but uh, a good player. Then, obviously, uh, this is definitely one we never sp- – uh, yeah, I know we did not speak of Joshua Miles, tackle out of Morgan State. Uh, yeah, obviously, our guy <laughs> – Michael Dogbe and I wish him all the best. He's going to go back to where he was training at Exos, and then he closed it out with Caleb Wilson, who got drafted to Arizona, but he's not going to join his former college teammate. He's going to play with Kyler Murray, and look, I mean, the Oklahoma offense—they'll find a way to get a receiving tight end involved. I mean, I'm sorry, not the Oklahoma office. The obviously the um...
1: UCLA to yes. Arizona now. Um, yes. Caleb Wilson
0: is interesting in that
1: he tested way more athletically than you know it looked like he could. You watch him on tape, he's stiff as hell. Um, he but he knew how to get open. He just always looked like an old man doing it. So, you know, he might he might catch up for a little bit. Michael Dogway, again, you're you're putting him in this three front. He's going to be a DN first and probably move inside for some rush opportunities. Um, again, you know it's a lot like the Zach Allen pick. You're getting a hard-assed, you know, guy who works is works every play, can do some things against the run, can can offer some pass rush, and brings toughness. You know, those are all things that are are valuable. You get two of those guys, obviously two guys I really like. Uh, you know those. Those have value, and I think both could stick, and both could be very successful Then, them. Um, offensive line-wise, look, Arizona, that is the thing. They you, know, they, you can talk about all these weapons and everything else, but the big question with Arizona is, are they going to be able to block anybody? Um, and right now the answer is, I hope so, because you look at the guys they have and the guys they brought in, None of them really do much for you. Uh, you know, DJ Humphries, Justin Pugh, Marcus Gilbert in the trade. You know, there's just it's pretty underwhelming. Hopefully, they can get better out of it. Uh, at least swings are are reasonable, uh, but they're going to have to at some point do more to deal with that if they would like Kyler Murray to survive long term, uh, <laughs> which. You know, that would, I would think, would be a good thing to do. But that'll be, obviously, that is the question for them. And yeah, Waiver Wire will be fascinating. Um, they're a team that will probably scoop up just about every offensive lineman that looks like they are worth half a shit uh, to try to see if they can find something. Um, and, you know, it would surprise me if, you know, in a year, they're also trading for Chris Hubbard and just throwing everything they can to try to find stuff that works
0: i wouldn't be surprised if chris hubbard was an option come late august if you know i mean
1: theoretically yeah
0: it's a possibility i mean because look if he is if it works out where he ends up not being the starting right tackle there's no reason to pay him the money you're going to pay him so it 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 would be interesting and yeah i mean and it's part of it because they're going to have to find out you know what they're exactly looking for in offensive linemen and that's going to be the biggest thing with, with Cliff Kingsbury. It's you can bring it and, and you can find the skill to make it work in the NFL. The problem is finding the guys who are going to keep your five foot ten and a half inch quarterback healthy and safe. Uh, we're going to move on to the LA Rams here. Um, obviously, a smaller class. You know, you're going to get this sometimes. You know, it, it's very rare you get a big class from the established teams. You know, for this year, for Bill Belichick, I'm sure by Saturday morning he was dog tired and probably not. Is it you know? Bill just wants to play ball. I mean, the draft part of it, yeah. He's you know runs the runs the organization and stuff. But you know, it just give me my 53. Let's go play. Let's you know, whatever whatever I got to do. So he started off here. Uh, Taylor Rapp, I liked obviously the the 40 time agent nervous. Maybe now there's some whispers of uh, maybe he was injured at the time. Um, but he's going to go in. The best part for Taylor Rapp here is you're going to get a position with a good team. And the other thing is is you know you're a ta- you're a tad bit undersized as a safety. And you're gonna go meet Eric Weddle, and you know I don't think he's got the coverage skills Eric Weddle's had through his career, but if if you want to learn how to improve your game, Pete, that's probably a decent guy to go go mentor with.
1: Taylor Epp is fascinating because they have uh, Eric Weddle in place. They've got a really good safety in John Johnson. Yes. Uh, you know, I've always I, I think I continue to think Taylor Rapp is a really good box safety option, and that actually may be a way for him to play early. Um, they have some decent linebackers. They've got some guys who are very specialized. Clay Matthews being, you know, a, a complete specialist—that's what he's going to do. Uh, you know, they've got some options, but you could I, I could see them employing some big nickel options. Uh, where Johnson, Weddle, and Rapp are on the field, and Rapp happens to be that slot guy, uh, that's you know angled towards the box type thing. You know, Weddle's obviously a short-term thing; he's not going to be there super long. Uh, John Johnson can then be the free safety, and and maybe Rapp is is a strong safety that that plays closer to the box. Um, you can make the argument. That taking a box safety that early is a bad idea, and I'm certainly willing to listen to it. But but at the same time, with Taylor Rapp, you're saying we think, or at least I'm looking at it as saying, I know I can get production out of him in the box. If if he can do more than that, then I'm going to be really happy with the pick.
0: Oh, in look, I mean, Rapp is a, a good player, a functional player. He is a player that is going to do what is asked of him. So that makes it a good selection because, you know, look, the Rams, you know, I mean, any little snap of the fingers could have changed the course of, you know, that Super Bowl for them. So come in and, and be a guy that's with the role, especially what you said. Whatever role you're given, he will do it and probably do it to the best of his abilities. Um, then, Pete, you know, Daryl Henderson was an interesting selection here because, you know, there was nothing wrong with Todd Gurley's knee, but Todd Gurley didn't play, and maybe there are concerns about Todd Gurley's knee. And then you go in and bring a guy like Darrell Henderson, a great player, obviously, you know, fan, I mean, ridiculous you know, yards per carry off, off the charts. So it's interesting they went running back this early here.
1: Sure. So 100% the speculation is going to be, well, what does this really mean? Uh, and it might be as simple as it's Todd Gurley and then – Malcolm Brown, Justin Davis, and John Kelly.
0: Hey, uh, leave John Kelly alone. Well,
1: I mean, I've clearly, they felt like they wanted to get the thing that's nice about Daryl Henderson is he's got home run hitting, you know, potential there. He can be a guy who comes in and, and you know, is an explosive option for them. And that's even a Todd Gurley is a hundred percent healthy that Daryl Henderson could really have a nice role for the Rams. Uh But yeah, there's no doubt that this is going to continue to be a thing that gets talked about, you know, that does, does this mean that his knee is really a bigger question mark than they're letting on? And, and, you know, there's some basis for that given the, you know, the dance they did throughout the playoffs with it. But I I think this was also a matter of getting one of the few really good running backs in this class, uh, and continuing to, to keep going on the ground and, with that, you know, I think Daryl Henderson, more than anything, is, is another attempt to take some of the pressure off Jared Goff. When they don't have a ground game, Jared Goff tends to crater. Um, you know, he Turtle up. Just, it, he does not deal with pressure well. Uh, he is, a, you know, so the more you can do to sort of help that, and, and a guy like Daryl Henderson could, could – potentially alleviate that issue, the better they are. It's not about if Todd Gurley is you know, good for 16 games. It's what happens when he's out for a series, what happens when he's out for a quarter. Um, their offense flows as well as their running game does for the most part.
0: And he brings, obviously, you know, C.J. Anderson was a big part of it, obviously, for them to close out the regular season and the playoff run. But now you're getting a guy with Darrell Henderson who has got home run ability. Um, that's one thing C.J. Didn't bring, you know. It was more of, you know, just run and chug and try to tackle me because, you know, CJ Anderson at 220 when he was probably playing at 245. But uh, you give Henderson a crease, it's over. He he's taking it. Um, the obviously went the tackle route a couple times here, Pete. Uh, Bobby Evans in round three out of Oklahoma. Then obviously David Edwards, David Edwards out of Wisconsin. Uh, you know, a couple of players they added here as we go on through the Rams 2019 draft class.
1: Well, you missed David Long. Uh, oh, I'm
0: sorry. Yes, yes, I'm sorry. David Long, cornerback out of Michigan. All right.
1: you, you, you hit him about as much as he hit anyone else. Um, <laughs> uh, David Long is arguably a prototypical slot receiver. Uh, corner. You know, he's got obscene agility. Uh, or, yeah, slot corner. I, I've, I think I've done that on three pods. Um He's got obscene agility, which is what you want for a slot corner. You want a guy who can react and and not get fooled on that type of stuff. Uh, But yeah, his lack of tackles is awful. Uh, You know, Greedy Williams, 7.2% as a freshman, which is excellent. 6% as a sophomore, not as great. Uh, David Long, 2.4%. That's 23 solo tackles in 26 games at Michigan. That should be a red flag. Now, having said that, you're taking him to be a role player. I don't you know, Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think they're looking at this as a guy who's going to play on the boundary, and if you're doing that, you're probably going to be better. Uh, at the same time, if they get into a situation where they're you know, playing a team like the Patriots and Julian Edelman is going to the boundary, you know, David Long may have to go out there and follow him to try to give them somebody who can keep up with that type of quickness. Uh, so he gives you some options on a couple fronts. I'll be curious to see how this one works. But anyway, Bobby Evans. I think he's more guard than tackle. Uh, I, I have no doubt they will give him a shot. Uh, the issue for him is length. Um, he's not that tall, uh, which tends to portend being a guard. Having said that, I think he could be an outstanding guard. Uh, I love Austin Blythe as a you know a, a you know guy who saw all kinds of cliches, uh, uh, you know, undersized, you know. Guy who just busted his ass his whole Iowa career, and then he got caught on as an undrafted free agent, and now he's projected to be the starting guard for the Rams. I think in a, you know their best case scenario is that either Bobby Evans or David Edwards can knock Austin Blythe out of that spot. Um, so they have Whitworth, they have No Boom, they have Brian Allen, who I think will be very good for them. Uh, they have at that point Bobby Evans, and then they have Rob Havenstein. I think that is sort of where this goes, or maybe no boom goes to right guard. But I think ultimately Bobby Evans is going to, you know, get his shot as a tackle. But they don't really have a spot for a tackle right now. So at, the, at worst, I think he's got a really good shot to take a starting guard job.
0: Well, and this is what we talked about with Goff. Is you, it's it's probably more important to have your interior in place than it is, you know, on the outside. Um, he has, you know, he's not very mobile. But he's mobile enough. But it's if it's coming straight up, you know, from you know, obviously the zero gap, one gap, three gap, whatever. It, it's just not a good thing for Jared Goff. So that's where Henderson will aid there. And obviously, with you know these two selections, you need to maximize your interior pass pro because that is you know where Jared is you know, obviously the most vulnerable. They closed it out, Pete. Um, uh, Nick Scott, I believe, if we remember correctly, Nick Scott was the. Pro Day wonder kid of Penn State, and then Dakota Allen out of Texas Tech.
1: Uh, Yeah, so Greg Gaines. uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Greg, yes. The nose tackle, I think he's fantastic. Uh, As a prospect, my big issue with him is he can't work laterally for shit on tape, but he's a guy who can can move the line of scrimmage into the backfield. Uh, Very powerful run stopper who does offer some ability to rush the passer. How does that make sense? Well, you've got, you know, you you, you and, Dominic and Sue is not likely coming back. Uh, and if they, you know, they're, they're going to have to find a way to replace that. They've got Tanzel Smart, a guy at Tulane I liked, and then they've got Greg Gaines there. Uh, that could be very important for them to have some credibility as a run-stopping thing so Aaron Donald can continue to do all things Aaron Donald. Obviously, they also still have Michael Brockers. I don't know what they're going to do there, if he's ultimately going to move inside or if they're still going to have him play defensive end. I think that would personally be very weird, but that's what they did last year at times. Uh, But, yeah, you're you're taking a guy in round four, uh, four, at the end of round four, and you're getting a very good run stopper who can, you know, should be able to contribute immediately. That's the type of pick when you're the Rams and you're trying to get over that hump. That's the type of pick that can can won't, may not get a lot of headlines or may not get a lot of publicity, but could be a really nice role player for them.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, you, you finish it up with uh, you know with uh, uh, Dakota Allen, obviously. So it's it, it's not. I mean, the Rams. It's it's not a lot. It's just. You bring in some pieces, and hopefully you're going to get yourself to the same spot where you were last year, and you had basically every opportunity to win it, but you didn't.
1: Right. Um, David Edwards, big old Wisconsin boy. I mean, he is what he is. And I I think in a lot of ways, he is the answer to when they have to pay Rob Havenstein, because I don't think they want to pay Rob Havenstein. It's a big old boy on the right side who can't move but has plenty of length to sort of make up for it. That's what Rob Havenstein was. that is largely what David Edwards will be um i you know the, if you're looking for places to save money, you go from the six seven three hundred and ten pound guy to the six six three hundred and ten pound guy <laughs> uh who plays you know very similar style uh i you know I think if he if he can you know. Do the job; they're going to ultimately have it. And what Havenstein played at Wisconsin. I mean, they they, they they're the same guys, out of the same system that do the same thing. Uh, that's ultimately what what that's going to look like.
0: Exactly. I mean, if you got to fill a hole. Go draft a uh, Wisconsin offensive lineman. At worst, they'll buy a year. Uh, At best, you get a guy for two, three, four, five years, whatever. Um, So there's been the LA Rams, guys. Um, Remember to get the show every day. Subscribe to Locked on Browns on the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with the personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and make sure you're subscribed to Locked on Browns. This will take us over to the obviously the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Pete, you know, kick it off with Nick Bosa. You know, obviously we've 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 taken our hits there. Um, look, Nick Bosa could turn out to be a fantastic player, but you know, some of it was a little bit incomplete. Some of it is that you know he's playing with Ohio State with all these other great players around him. And if you notice something, guys, um, if if you've looked to anything 2020 NFL draft, what what has everybody done now? Chase
1: Young. Chase Young. Chase Young. Chase Young. It's it's the worst-kept secret Ohio State. Chase Young's the second-best defensive end they have right now. Um, They have another dude who they are just unbelievably high on. So, look... If you're telling me, you know, I got this question a lot. You know, why isn't he in your top 50? Well, he didn't have the production. Well, you would take him in the top 50, sure. But then I have to put in all these other, you know, guys who didn't hit various marks. And then it just becomes a list of, you know, uh, it's, not what, I, it's
0: not what I know. It's yeah. what I can prove.
1: Well, it's not or not what I believe. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I think Nick Bosa is going to be a good player. Do I think he's without risk? Absolutely not, and I've laid out the reasons for that. Because he didn't produce, uh, be, you know, in the way, and you can say, "Well, you look at these three games against Texas Tech, Oregon State, and whatever the hell it was that they played." And and don't get me wrong, he was fantastic, and I think he would have been fantastic had he been healthy all season. But three three games is not enough. Uh, it's just a very small sample size. I, I I think it would have happened, but it didn't happen. So I'm forced to sort of leave it out. Uh, but you know he's a good, very good player. I think he's going to come and be good for them. Uh, I don't think he's as good as some of the other players that were you know drafted around him. I think Queen and Williams is a better player, for example. But regardless, Nick Bosa is going to come in. And he's going to be a big time player. Should be. He's going to benefit like hell from having to force Buckner there, who's a genuine stud. And then so long as he can stay healthy. Fred Warner's or uh, D Ford is there. Then you've got Fred Warner, Quan Alexander, fingers crossed. He doesn't fall apart. Uh, and then you've got whatever's left of Richard Sherman. You've got just Tart, who's been, I think a little bit underrated. You've got just a lot of players there that suggest the, the 49ers should be at least oh you know, at least reasonable on defense. So it goes beyond what Nick Bosa brings. But he may prove to be the, the, the catalyst for this thing finally coming together with all of those other pieces that have sort of been in place and sort of been waiting for one guy to really put everything together. In that sense, B- Dick Bosa may be in line to get a ton of credit that he sort of you know represents the straw that stirs the drink and, and ties everything together. Should be great. He is not without risk.
0: Uh, and look, it, 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 I think he's in a great position. Look, I, they still have Solomon, Solomon Thomas as well, so he comes in there where he's not, you know, asked to do, you know, come in to save a defensive line. He's going to come in to be part of a defensive line. And look, I mean, it, it wasn't a knock on this. And I, I, yes, he was going to go top ten. Yes, he was going to go top five. But I, I think sometimes when you play such a limited amount in the year before you go to the draft cycle, it's kind of hard. Like so many players play, and you get so much tape, and you start to fall in love with it. You know, whether it's Josh Allen, whether it was Brian Burns, and before his you know draft cycle blow up, Kai Polite, you got really excited about these guys. And to say you kind of forgot about a little bit about Nick Bosa, you did. It, it, it's it's just a state. It's just a fact. It's just the way it happens. Um, Pete. Then they come back here in round two. Um, a guy we really, really enjoyed in, obviously, uh, Debo Samuel. You double up with a guy like Jalen Hurd with the wide receiver position. Look, it's it, it, we're going to find out now. There's enough there with Pettis. You've got a bunch of running backs on this roster. You've got an absolute beast at tight end and Kittle. You know, we've said for the most part, we're, we're not sure with Jimmy Garoppolo there'll be no more excuses. We're going to find out whether how this team fares with Jimmy Garoppolo and there there's enough there to get it done with.
1: Um and if not, there's a lot to work with for Nick Mullins. Um yeah. I love Debo Samuel for this offense. I love this for what Shanahan likes to do. It's just fantastic all around. Like if the Browns didn't have Odell Beckham, Debo Samuel would have looked great for the Browns. Uh it's just because he's such a good yards after the catch guy you know again he's the clean callaway there's some injury concerns there that you know were vetted but i don't think anything that was like lingering or you know career altering it's just he had some issues with some injuries um but he's a guy who takes a slant he's a guy who can go over the top and 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 take a fade he's big and strong like callaway he owns space uh he just does a lot of those things that Shanahan has always really liked having and you've got multiple quarterbacks who've got the ability you know and this is certainly a trademark if you believe in Jimmy Garoppolo it's a a lot of it's based on what you believe is his ability to put the ball in a spot that's perfect for a guy like Debo Samuel that's perfect for guys like uh what's his face uh Dante Pettis these are both guys I really liked uh and and they fit what they want to do really well. So Dante Pettis had a really nice year last year. Obviously, uh, having uh, George Kittle explode in terms of production gives them another option. That they've got sort of this big on the inside, smaller on the op- outside. With the exception of Jordan Matthews, he's like, like their one bigger guy. And and Debo Samuel is short, not small, about two hundred fifteen pounds. He's a thick dude. Yep, right. um, so, but I, you know, this is one of those. I don't really know where to put the 49ers in terms of how good they're going to be, but they've just done a lot of things that seem like they should really pay off for them and and could make them substantially better this coming year. Debo Samuel is certainly in that mix.
0: Well, and then you have Jalen Hurd, who right now, I mean, you don't know much of what he is. But it, it, he's not going to be brought in here with many expectations, and you can kind of ease him along in. Um, and he's still a guy, look, you can handle the ball if you need to, Pete.
1: Yeah. Um, you just the, – the more options you can have there, the better you are likely to be. And, and with a coach, you know, it, it, Kyle Shanahan and his – inability to work with people uh and and players has not stopped him from being one of the better scheme uh type coaches in the league uh and obviously that's you know in some respects that's a little bit of a put up or shut up type deal for for him is it's it's not theoretical anymore but now you get a guy like Jalen hurd who is you know and, and and there was a report that you know, the team that drafts him may put him a tailback for certain things. I don't doubt that at all with Kyle Shanahan. He seems like the ultimate guy yep. who will move Jalen Hurd around and let him do some things. Now, ultimately, I think his job is to be a power slot, which is eerily similar to what uh, what what Jordan Matthews is for them, uh, that they have another guy who can do this. I'm fascinated by the idea that Jalen Hurd went this early. Uh, I do think you know he tested well, uh, but I think he would have tested better if he was 100% healthy. He actually wasn't uh, tested on sort of a bum ankle, but he wanted to get some numbers out there uh, and did well for himself. You know, Five-star athlete, uh, nothing to suggest that's no longer the case. So, again, you, you've got all these guys that just fit Kyle Shanahan very well, uh, really feed into the type of things he likes to do. The idea that you can move a guy like Jalen Hurd around, having George Kittle there. And having, you know, Jordan Matthews, if you like size, there's just a lot of fascinating ways they can sort of play this thing.
0: Uh, and no doubt about it. And this one here, and, you know, I tweeted this today, um, and now the next election in uh, Dre Greenlaw, uh, uh, outside linebacker out of Arkansas. Um, if you guys saw the story, uh, you know, he was a freshman. You know, maybe he was violating curfew or whatever. And the father said, he's like, this is why I didn't mention earlier. I didn't want to get him in trouble. But apparently somebody he had went to high school with was also, you know, a, a student at University of Arkansas. You know, somebody maybe slipped something in her drink. We're about to take her away. And, look, I mean, for me right now, I, I wish we would have drafted him. This is the type of guys I want on my team. But, you know, he got in between. Nobody's taking her anywhere. Called a roommate. They got the girl home safely. This is the kind of people Pete I, I want around. First off, I mean, you guys know how we feel about some of the guys that are in the NFL who probably don't deserve to be there. This guy, uh great stayer, great player, you know, a great story about, you know, just being a good person and not a bad player. Uh, you know, obviously you know spent, you know, I believe he left a little, uh, left early, but you know, ended up as a, a captain in Arkansas. But Dre Greenlaw out of Arkansas, and look, it's you know, he, he, obviously he's going to start in specials and stuff of that nature. But I mean, if you're going to gamble on a kid on personality, which obviously no, but obviously they fell in love with the tape. But if you're going to gamble a kid on personality, ain't nothing wrong with that either.
1: No, the biggest knock with Dre Greenlaw is he's short. I mean, he's athletic enough. He was productive enough. Uh, he's short. I mean, it, it, that's really what it comes down to. So, you know, I, I, I again, uh, he was definitely a target on my board. He's a guy that the tape shows you a lot of different things he can do. I think he's a better run plugger than 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 he is a pass defender. But he has shown the ability to play in pass coverage. But you know, if if the biggest knock you can have for a guy is he's short, chances are they did pretty well for themselves. And we'll see how ultimately this goes. They've got. You know right now he's listed as a will I don't know how likely that is to stick around uh, but again if if they you know move on from Malcolm Smith they they would need somebody from there uh, and and they've got a fascinating group of linebackers obviously with Warner Juan Alexander and then potentially a guy like uh, Drake Greenlaw, and and if he can find his way on the field and 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 make plays as he did at Arkansas, especially as a junior, then you know they could have a really really nice group of linebackers as well as a guy who can play on special teams and just depth.
0: Uh, they close it out here, Pete. You know, just obviously, you know, some uh, for you know Caden Smith out of Stanford uh Obviously guys this was a huge, huge tight end group. everybody kind of got their feet wet there Justin school uh offensive tackle out of Vandy. and then Pete my guy Tim Harris, and obviously a freak athlete, but you know maybe with the size and the length he's got, and we go back to this, you know it wouldn't be a bad idea if Tim Harris finds a way to follow Richard Sherman around and use how to learn how to use that length and that size to the best of his abilities
1: right so. There's a lot of things that are interesting with them. I, You know, Justin's, Justin school. Uh, I didn't think, I didn't think was going to get drafted. I actually had him as a target. Uh, I, 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 the tape, he just kept opening the door. He certainly has the size and the athletic traits you like. Uh, Tim Harris, obviously fascinating. Uh, you know, you're, you've been a huge Tim Harris guy. He's one of those where if he can just stay healthy, uh, it seems like there's a lot of good football to be had in there. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and they, they, they have a lot of DBs in San Francisco, but they don't have a lot of great DBs. So it'll be interesting to sort of see if they are a team that just wants, to, you know, that that sort of amoeba-like defense in terms of how much they want to switch things up to coverage, that a guy like Tim Harris could potentially be a factor. The fact that he is so tall, that he is so athletic. Um, there are just a lot of things that... You know, certainly where they got him. You know, it's 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 a reasonable shot. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where maybe he may only give you because, and it's you know, not his fault, but you, you have the injury history that maybe you get one or two nice years out of him. Uh, and if you're a six round pick and you get two years out of him that are good years, you're going to take that. Now, I hope for him he can break that trend and just be a good player. Uh, but that's certainly the math you're doing uh, on there.
0: And look for San Francisco, I mean what's going to come down to San Francisco season is are you going to get Jimmy Garoppolo for 16 games? Will he be healthy? Is Jimmy Garoppolo everything you thought he was going to be? That's this is how it's going to work out for the San Francisco 49ers. They're going to find this out this year. This is they've been waiting to get to this point. Um uh, iTunes rating reviews guys um, please go ahead drop a five-star drop a written review uh, you know obviously it helps with anybody looking to for Browns coverage to find us so please do me a favor make sure you take care of that over there now we get Pete to the Seattle Seahawks obviously you know uh, acquired the second first-round pick um, because through the Frank uh, training flank Frank Clark to the Kansas City Chiefs only made one round one selection LJ Collier Pete out of Texas Christian. This one this one was a little bit of a this one was a little bit of a head scratcher, listen as a linebacker, probably I, 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 I just don't know what they were thinking here.
1: <laughs> this this is the classic Seahawk pick where they take somebody that nobody else really likes and then it sort of works out for them. So we'll see on the second Bruce part. Bruce Irvin, <laughs> yeah, 100%, that's exactly where I was going with that. hundred percent the Bruce servant pick. That is Everything that, about this. Um, there are people who love LJ Collier's tape. There are guys who, you know, w- were willing to fight with him, say he was better than Ben Banigu, and all these other things. And then he tested and a bunch of people were like, whoa, how about. out. Uh, so... We'll see. It may be a situation where Seattle brought him in. He, you know, had him redo a few things, and they liked what he put out better for them than someone else. Uh, He's still a heavy-handed guy that can impact the line of scrimmage. Um, So, you know, you're basically this is one of those where you're basically saying, uh, "I'm going to ride with." Schneider and company because they've been able to pull this off before. The problem is their, their, their batting average has gotten worse and worse at this type of thing, um, which makes it interesting. By the way, did you know Jamie Meter is a Seattle Seahawk? I did not. Oh, wow. I'm just looking at their depth chart and he's on it.
0: Wow, witness protection. Jamie Meter's out of it.
1: Evidently. So fascinating setup for them. They they really have a they have a group of four defensive linemen that are very – stout heavy guys uh lj collier might be the lightest at 283 pounds um so they want to own own the line of scrimmage and be able to sort of uh dictate what teams are able to do with them and you know they're more of a power team you wonder if maybe if he was there later uh that maybe they would have taken a, a guy like jalen ferguson the way the rams did because because of the style they seem to be going for they you know they don't really have anybody you'd consider a guy who's likely to turn the corner up front. They have a bunch of big, strong dudes. Also on the Seahawks, Nate Orchard. Wow. So <laughs> may, maybe we should not st- be believing in John Schneider at all anymore. But anyway, yeah, that and it's, it's, a, it's, it's a style they like. They like those bigger uh, defensive linemen who can control the line of scrimmage and, and do some things. Uh, so it'll be interesting. Normally they've always had that one guy – it was sort of the smaller, uh, flexible dude. Obviously, Frank Clark was that for them, but LJ Collier, in a lot of ways, is probably uh, you know shooting for hopefully getting Mike Bennett over again.
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it, like and it, you, you like your kid with Seattle, but like they usually just find a way to. Make this all work. So there is that aspect to it. Um, Double-dipped on Utah defenders. We'll go Marquise Blair here, obviously, as they ended up with two second-round selections from the trading down. So Marquise Blair out of Utah. And then we'll get a little bit more to one more Utah guy. And um, we'll talk a little bit about the wide receiver situation because when you draft too early, maybe it's telling a sign. But uh, Marquise Blair, safety out of Utah.
1: Um, Yeah, so obviously he's a really popular player for a lot of people um I wasn't quite as high on him but I, I you know I really like Kyle Whittingham's defense in the different ways they sort of use guys incidentally and I don't think this is a coincidence the Seahawks double dipped on that defense uh they took Cody Barton a little bit later uh but they've got a safety who's technically a strong safety but can do a little bit of, a little bit more than that uh, makes a lot of tackles, has a knack for causing turnovers. But you know, when you play at Utah, you're exposed to a lot, and I think that's valuable for a team like the Seahawks. Uh, you know, typically They're obviously known for playing a, a heavy, heavy amount of that cover three scheme. But if Marquise Blair is the strong safety, he's going to be a guy who does a lot of different things, whether that's playing sort of a robber role or up by the line of scrimmage or those type of things. So he, he hits all the, the boxes you want to hit. I, I suppose you can make the case that he's sort of like – Sione taki, taki where you love what you're getting, but you're you're sitting there wondering, maybe I could have gotten it a little bit later.
0: Oh yeah, no, I agree, and it just it seemed more like of a you know this is tr- it, more of the you know, what you said with Schneider, this is a trust us pick. Um, then you get to DK Metcalf, um, you know, the top ten talk, and Pete, we had gotten into this in the hips, and then there were times where people were putting up gifts of his pro day and videos and. We'd gotten into this, and and Pete, it wasn't it. Look, if you like DK Metcalf, and that's fine. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I am crazy comfortable. If my team had to draft DK Metcalf, where they, the Seattle Seahawks did, it's it's not going to be a full time one. You hope maybe you can start to do the smoke routes and the the the, the quick stuff, just enough to keep people honest. But where you want him, I mean, you want him on that nine route. You want him on those deep, skinny posts. This is where his bread and butter is, and this is why he should have never been regarded as a first-round selection.
1: Sure. Um, To be clear, Tyler Lockett is their number one receiver and one of the best receivers in football. And a hell of a route runner. He was the most efficient receiver in all football last year, and it was like by a substantial margin. What he and uh, what he and Russell Wilson were able to do and can do, the chemistry they have, you know, takes you back to like Johnny Unitas and Raymond Berry catching passes in the dark. They're on that type of level right now. Uh, But having said that, DK Metcalf comes into a great situation because he doesn't have to be that dude. He was never really the number one at Ole Miss. So why does he need to be here? You get him in a situation where he can be He
0: sort of ran a 4-3-3, a-
1: Pete. That's why. True. Uh, you, you put him in a situation where now he can be a really problematic matchup as the number two, give them a big, big receiver uh, that can potentially go up and get the ball and take the top off of defense all in that package. Um, I'm trying to think and I'm it's I'm not going to come with it. I'll be impressed if you do. The receiver that the Seattle Seahawks who was really good in one playoff game that like was 6-3 and oh, all this. God. And like he was like he caught, he
0: caught, he caught the ball that got them at the 2-yard line when they decided to throw the slant.
1: Right. So that sort of reminds me of what DK Metcalf can be. Uh that, if that he's
0: really it? good and he hits he's Tyrell Williams. That's who he is.
1: Right, and, and and you've got a quarterback like Russell Wilson. He he has needed that guy basically going back to that playoff game. And unfortunately, you know the situation with Doug Baldwin is looks bad. Um, it's not you know obviously not what anyone wants. You know Doug Baldwin, not just a good receiver, uh, one of the best human beings in football. Uh, but they've never really had this guy, other than in, in the form of tight ends, that could be a massive go up and get the ball type and a, and, and a field stretcher and all those things, you know, you, they, they they needed one. They have basically none on the roster right now. So you get that with Tyler Lockett, you know, with the talent of Russell Wilson. If he can, you know, figure this thing out, if he can get consistent, if he can learn to run routes effectively, what he does right now in terms of being able to run nine routes and those screens and those type of things, those are valuable. Uh but, and, and they're going to use that right now. It's if he can conti- continue to add the other parts of this game and develop that he becomes a scary player. But right now, he doesn't need to be. He just needs to be a guy who can contribute, make a couple big plays in between Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson doing their thing.
0: Oh, no doubt. And, you know, I, I agree with you there. And, and, and you be part of, of it. it. Don't and he, he can go in there, and he doesn't have to be this – number 1 in you know Randy Moss it 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 just was never in the cards for him and obviously you know the 40 and the fact that you know he looks really good if he's going to sit out by the beach with his with his shirt out well you know with no shirt on it, it, he got anointed and there was really nothing to anoint him with uh Pete, then uh, obviously double dipped on Utah defenders Cody Barton
1: yeah. Obviously this was a guy I was super high on. Uh, you know, he was basically a one year starter, uh, physical freak, uh, you know, massively strong athletic. Uh, there's some issues with occasionally on his reads and he will get overcommitted to things, but when he's right, he's dangerous, uh, as a, as an impact player, he's a guy who plays his ass off, just relentless effort guy. Uh, there's just so much to like there. And, and you know, obviously he can come in and potentially play that Sam backer. Uh, but, but you know, Seattle's more of a generalized outside linebacker team as opposed to, you know, a specific uh, setup. But Cody Barton adds to a talented group. They've got Bobby Wagner. They've got K.J. Wright. They've got Barquevious Mingo, who's better than people like to think he is. But th- they, they add that to a guy, you know, They've technically still got the the white collar cr- criminal himself, Michael Kendricks. Uh, they've got Shaquem Griffin, uh, Brian. You know, Cody Barton is just another guy that can do a little bit of everything that fits what the Seattle Seahawks really like, and they don't need to rush him. I think he'll play on just about every special team, and they can sort of ease him along. He's a guy I think will be really fun to watch in in uh, preseason, and if, for for a few reasons. Not not to mention his. Now teammate uh, that they also got who I loved in Ben Burke Irvin, uh, they took him in the fifth round. I'm stunned he lasted that long. Energizer Bunny type guy uh, has that little brother syndrome where he's just he he just keeps coming, uh, gets knocked down, will keep playing. Uh, throws his body around, will will just do whatever it takes to win. Insane production and a way better athlete than, than the draft coverage made him sound like. He's a legit dude athletically. Uh, I think he needs to be a will linebacker ultimately, but it, it'll be interesting to see what he gets. But that's why that defense, that second team defense for the Seahawks could be really, really fun uh, for the preseason and stuff like that.
0: Um, Pete, the name we were searching for. Chris Matthews.
1: There you go. Yes. He was going to be a superstar, and he was for that yes. like quarter of one game.
0: Um, obviously, you know a couple more selections here for Seattle. Uh, Phil Haynes, uh, guard out of Wake Forest. Uh, Ugo Amade, cornerback out of Oregon. Obviously, hit on Ben Curvin Travis Homer out of Miami. To Marcus Christmas out of Florida State. Here as we close out, uh, you know the the latter selections for the Seattle Seattle Seahawks.
1: So, here, guys, I like I like Gary Jennings out of West Virginia's wide receiver. He's another this, bigger that body would, guy. That
0: would, look, Seattle took three wide receivers. That's what tells you this Doug Baldwin situation is serious.
1: Yeah, well, I, it, you know it is, and they also just have a lot of needs there. They're just thin. Uh, but Gary Jennings Jr. He could be a slot guy. He'd be a boundary guy. Size, speed. He's thicker. They, they they've brought in a lot of size receiver wise to this group. John Ursua, uh, you know, his production is out of this world. He's an LDS kid that went on a mission. So he's like 25. Um, that's what hurt him. But he's very good on the field, very athletic, productive and all that. Uh, you know, he's the type of guy you-, you want him to hit the ground running. So it, it defines it. Uh, really, the Seattle Seahawks crushed day three, uh, in my view. The one notable speed bump was taking a bum out of Florida State. Uh, but Phil Haynes, I think, hey! uh, I'm glad you caught that. Uh, Phil Haynes, <laughs> I think, is a special, special player in the making, uh, has everything you want, uh, gives Seahawks a good lineman. They're not used to drafting those. Uh, Amadi from Oregon is interesting. He, he fell short on a couple things, but he's very close. I think Travis Homer in the sixth round could be an absolute steal. Uh, it, to me, watching him on tape, he was duke johnson to me that is the type of guy but his production was outstanding his athletic testing was great i think he's a steal so i think on day 3 in particular, i mean the whole draft uh, with the exception of lj Collier, with with you know that that one guy where you're sitting there going huh um i think overall they did a really really good job and and i think that will that initial pick will sort of have people sitting there going you know, I don't know if the Seattle Seahawks had a really good draft, but I think other than that pick and and maybe he can be Michael Bennett uh, in their their minds and if he can, then this draft is could be a really really big one for them.
0: Uh and look, you have Russell settled and and that's the that, that is the key to the cock. That's the keys to the core with everything with the Seahawks. Um Maybe, you know, and they find a way, Pete, every year they can find a way to plug out. And there's been times where they've been on the ropes and you look at, you look at them and they're right around and it's Christmas and Seattle finds a way to plug out two more wins. And here it is, nine and seven, and Seattle's in the playoff picture yet again.
1: Yeah, and uh, the Seahawks, like Russell Wilson is so good that he took a team and and, and, uh, I love Ben Arboray. And he owned it, 100 percent that he predicted the Seahawks. would And I was kind of with him. Pick.
0: I didn't want to say one overall, but I don't think anybody thought they were going to play a playoff game last year,
1: right? Uh, they, they, uh, yeah, they had no business being that good, uh, and they were, uh, and they, and they made it. And and uh, you know, if, if they can find talent again, you know, despite the contract, they can be a real. Uh, dangerous football team. Uh, that will be interesting to watch. You know, obviously, so much is going to put on DK Metcalf. I think defensively, they got a lot better uh, and, and added a lot of offensive options that probably won't get a, a lot of press, but could be contributors whether it's now or down the road.
0: Yeah, uh, in, look, there, I'll tell you right now, I'd rather have Seattle coming to Cleveland than taking Cleveland to Seattle. Any any day whatsoever. Just a tough place to play. Um, you know, we all know it gets loud and everything that goes on there, but that is just not a team I want to face in their own building. And we'll see. Uh, you know, can they keep Russell protected? Uh, we'll see how they run the ball because, um, you know, everybody knows Seattle loves themselves some running backs. And it, 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 Pete, for me, Travis Homer and I grew up there. He was a really, really nice player. And obviously Mark Walton, who was a Cincinnati Bengal, he uh, suffered a devastating injury while at Miami. This put Travis Homer into the spotlight and, and Travis Homer he has long speed. And I, I do like what you're it up. Yeah, he can catch the ball. And now you look at it now and you know, Mark, Mark Walton, who was the guy who was beating him out. Who would you rather bank on for the next few years? Mark Walton who gets arrested almost every 10 days, it seems like in the off season or a guy well, like this.
1: Tra- He's, I mean, one of them is on a roster.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah. Mark Walton will not be on a roster. Um, Maybe coming soon to the XFL. Oh, I don't even know if they will fit into the XFL if they're going to truly um, rock what they yeah, said. Zach,
1: Zach Taylor on the third arrest basically said, "We're not doing this," and and got rid of him immediately.
0: Well, I mean, well, that's the other thing. I mean, am I, I going to do this really? I mean, am I going to do this? You know, this is how I'm starting. And the other thing is, well, we already have Joe Mixon, so we already have one of these guys. Uh, so and you know, but credits to Joe Mixon. Uh, guys, look, uh, th- this ran a little long here. It has been a long ass stinking day uh we're gonna we'll set up a just a straight mailbag episode here um but you know look uh that 515 wake up call comes nice and early here on the east coast but look uh the this is going to be probably the biggest part in my opinion of what formats and where this browns season goes in 2019 it's going to be how you handle these nfc west opponents because it's going to be some long travels. Obviously, um, it's going to be, look, some really good teams. Arizona, obviously not part of that. But um, Kyler Murray is going to be geeked up. If it's Kyler Murray versus Baker and it's going to be throw for throw, it's going to be an interesting one. Do I love the fact that the Browns' D-line should be able to manhandle it? Yes. Um, the Rams, look, you don't go to a Super Bowl and get that close late into the fourth quarter without coming back with all guns of blazing. Uh, San Francisco, it's it's on Jimmy G now. There's it's you know, and that'll be an interesting storyline, obviously, for everybody as we get into it. Uh, Seattle, look, they just know who they are. They know what they do week in, week out, and it's a franchise that's not going away anytime soon. Now that Russell Wilson is paid and extended, Pete, this is this is these four games out of the sixteen. This is going to probably be the defining point between winning your division, hosting a playoff game, or maybe you spit the bit. And 10-6 and six isn't good enough, and you're playing on that first Saturday of Wild Card Weekend.
1: Right. I mean, the thing of it, the thing of it is uh, going on the road to the West Coast sucks. It just does. I mean, this, look at what happened to the freaking Raiders game last year. The Raiders were garbage, and the Browns just were not able to adapt. So they're going to have to go out to San Francisco. That's, you know... More difficult than it sounds. They're going to have to go at not not in this division, but at the Broncos. They're going to have to go uh, out to who's the other one.
0: They're going to Seattle, and they're uh, they're going to. No, I'm sorry, they're going to Arizona, and they're going to San Francisco. There you
1: go. So those are game, Those are those are you know NFL's you know generally doesn't have these as they all all qualify, But if this was college, those are trap games. Um, you have to be able to endure the travel to uh, overcome that because teams that it it does not have the same effect going East that does West for whatever reason, how that works uh, you know, that's just a different deal. So teams going out West can, can find themselves in bad shape. Uh, So they, you know, you've got to find a way to get those wins. And, and certainly San Francisco is a big one because it's earlier. um, But, you know, that that at Arizona late in the year, you know, you cannot let that one get away. That's the one where, you know, that could turn your season. If you can't beat what should be a very bad, uh, you know, maybe frisky Cardinals team, you're at, in their building and you, you give it up, that could be what separates you from um, the division uh, to a wild card or a wild card to sitting at home watching.
0: Absolutely. So this, this is going to be the integral four games of the season. Guys, Pete's, uh, Pete's work over at NFL Spin Zone for the time being. Go ahead and check that, all of that out over there. Go ahead and follow him at underscore Pete Smith underscore the Locked On Browns Twitter account. Always follow back, guys. Anything you need, send a DM over there. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. We got you through here, the AFC West. A, a, a ton of information on everybody selected to these teams. Um, for the most part, I think everybody you brought something, and each team is going to be better than they were. And it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. And, look, I mean, everybody's going to be gun, gunning for Cleveland. It's the way it's gone now. This is the pressure that's brought on in this franchise. And, look, I mean, me personally, you know, summer could last 14 days from now and we can start September then. I'd be totally cool with it. But we have these months to get through it. We'll continue to pro- provide you guys with great coverage throughout the process. Uh, so LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.